You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy Wednesday, but it's not. Valentine's happy Valentine's Day. Day. Happy birthday, Arizona. Is that a thing, too? Yes. Yes. Happy birthday, Arizona. How are we supposed to know everything, though? Like, you can't know everything. You know a lot more than you give yourself credit for. <sighs> PD, I didn't know it was Arizona's birthday either. Okay. Not alone. One side in, and it's only been a minute. Um, I'm, thank I'm you stuck all. on the quote. You can't know everything. Thank- I don't know. I need to use that somehow. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning into the PHNX County's podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig and you guys. The I am here. You are. And Sean behind yes. the mat. And I'm Sean here. behind the mat. <laughs> There's actually four of us that There's are here. There's four of us. We're all here. I um, think we should just stayed here again. This is one of those days that why the, did we not just stay here? Sleeping bags, marshmallows. More furniture recliners. <sighs> Spent more time driving than I did sleeping. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. The reason- I that's, I'm definitely have that kind of vibe today. Yeah, you do. Sorry. You should have used your grumpy Steve's mug. Where is it? That's a, that was another. <laughs> I took it home to wash it. And guess who didn't remember to put it back in his car to bring it? <laughs> so it's just one of those. I love the little detail that pushed me over the edge. Like things that annoy you. That's on the list. Okay. Is that your clearing? I'm not sure he's cleared yet. No, I don't think so either. Um, well, we are gathered here today. You cross your legs in your chair. <laughs> of course, <laughs> because we got to talk. Show you how. Sorry. What are we got to talk trying about? to run the show here? Here, do this. Get the energy flowing. With yeah. Okay, mm. <laughs> All right. We done. <laughs> Under like she's laughing on the outside, but in the inside she's not. She's like shut up. On the inside, here. I'm the one. There's the quiet please sign. You got rid of. That oh, please. it's over there. Yeah. I should get it. Um, well. We got to talk about Jacob Chikrin. It has been the hottest topic, I guess you can say, since Saturday when the Coyotes scratched him for trade-related reasons. It continued on yesterday. We talked a little bit about it on last night's post-game show. But we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the whole situation with Chikrin. The rumor mill, has he played his last game as an Arizona Coyote, where he could possibly end up. But I think we should start kind of just with an overarching view of the fact that Jacob Chikrin has really stepped up his game this year and actually yes. made himself a valuable trade asset to the Arizona Coyotes. Feels like somebody wrote about that recently. Uh, maybe maybe two of you. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. Petey broke that it down. That was our collab. Petey broke this down really well, including some things that I hadn't even considered. So this is my way of just passing the buck and not working and saying, Petey, what have you seen from Jacob Chikrin on the ice this season? How has he improved? But you game? know what? And here's a couple of things. The most important one for me, we talked about him getting back on track offensively. That is what most people see when they see Jacob Chikrin, his ability to get pucks to the net, his shot, and his points. That's what you see first with Chick. And that went away last season. He was back to where he was two years ago when he was in the Norris discussion. I think he's putting up those kind of numbers. But what was really the big difference for me is how he was able to read the rush better and be much more aggressive. I, I didn't realize until I went back to the video how much more passive Chick was um, last season than he has become this season. And I think that flowed into everything coming together for him. He's much more aggressive from the blue line in in the defensive zone. He, he's attacking pucks better and he reads the rush better again yeah. because he's being more aggressive. And the stat that really jumps out at you then is his plus minus. Uh, his plus minus from last season 
not good. And his ability to get that back to, I, I, I better look at it because it was at even or better the entire season. That's what the biggest difference is for me, is his ability to defend, not yeah. just that offense. And when you're talking about that, like some of the things that coaches will always talk about is gap control for one. That's a big term with, with defensemen. So you have to have the right gap in order to make those plays. But then Taco always use the term, and I think other coaches use this as well, surfing, where you're not just, you're not giving ground. You're, 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 you're skating forward you're skating actually, forward. and you're attacking them, but you're, you're driving them to one side. They're really, you're trying to drive them to the outside. Um, yeah, so but, and I go back to his plus minus, and, and I did get a chance to look at it. Right now, as it sits, Jacob Chickren is a plus eight. There it is. That's crazy. And he was he had the green jacket for the biggest minus on the team last year. And, and for him to be plus eight, it really speaks volume to his ability to play both sides of the puck for the first time probably in his career. Like yeah. the offensive side has been there at moments, but this is the first time where he can play offensively and be out there on a defensive responsibility, which he hasn't been in the past. And ask you to explain one other thing that coaches always say that defense drives offense um, with his offense. Clearly, the opportunity to play alongside Shane Gostisbehere has helped him. He's playing with a guy who has the same mindset. They're playing offensively. They're playing on the ice a lot. To- a lot of times when Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz are on the ice. So when you play with guys like that, it allows you to play in the offensive zone on the attack a lot more with guys who are generally going to have the puck. Guys are going to make plays. How is his defense helping drive that? How does how does that happen? But again, it goes back to the same thing I said about him being aggressive. So now what was happening, and you look at how his ability to break the puck out of the zone a year ago versus this year, when he was playing passive, he was turning the puck over, then he was defending more. Now he's aggressive on the puck, and I don't think he's getting the turnover himself. He's pinning the opponent to the wall and letting the second player, we call it second quick, pick up the puck, and they're able to break out more. When you break out more, you're in the offensive zone more, adding more to the offense. And in the offensive zone... He had this tendency to drift towards the blue line. If you look at his shot selection from a year ago, a lot of his shots, he was almost, his body language is almost pulling himself out of the zone towards the blue line. Now it's, he attacks downhill. Like his momentum, his body language, his force, everything is going towards the net. You're seeing him getting goals from the top of the circle all the way to the blue paint because his momentum is carrying him forward. It's just a much more aggressive Jacob Chikrin, and I think that's a confidence in his physical play. I know we talked about him being a little bit more lean and a little more muscular, if that's even possible. But I think that's what's (laughs) helping his game be more aggressive all over. The liver diet. (laughs) Uh, That's the the key, clearly. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we've talked about how he's improved. So let's talk about the trade rumor mill, if you will. And man, in the last three days, have we seen it all? Um, as far as rumors go, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and we've seen the ugly. <laughs> I wish we could use the actual the good, the bad, and the ugly soundtrack. Trying not to get copyrighted. Yes, we're, we're trying not to get crushed by whoever it is that crushes us, but we found some good Western music to play. And I'm always a fan of Western music because it's, it's what? What is this? What are they doing? What are they trying to accomplish here? Like the good, the bad, the ugly, the music is crazy. It's so out there, but it's iconic because of that. But anyway, getting back to the Jacob Trickman discussion, we have seen a lot of rumors. We saw them over the weekend of potential trades, things that people were hearing. We saw the bad rumor of him going to L.A. and Brand Clark being part of that deal. Not true. Wasn't on the table. I, I, I don't know what to say about these more than what I've said already, Leah, other than you got to learn which sources like this is media literacy, right? You need to know which reporters are doing the homework and doing their best to give you the truth against every reporter is going to get misled sometimes or get bad information. It's the nature of the business. When you're literally not in the room, you're not going to know everything. You can't know everything, right? Isn't that what Petey just said? <laughs> How do yeah, you can't, yeah. Know, yeah. can't know everything, <clears throat> but there, there are people out there with great track records. And I think people know who they are. Elliot Freeman, Jeff Merrick, Darren Drager, Pierre Lebrun. These are guys that when they report something. Craig like, Morgan. I, Craig I, S. Morgan. I got to check into that because these are guys that have sources and they do the work and they're trained as reporters. I don't mean to throw shade at some of the former NHL players that step into this arena, but they're not trained as reporters. So when they throw something out there, I'm going to take it with a large grain of salt because, sorry, I went to school for this. You went to school for this. We learned Standards of journalism. These guys haven't done that. You can't just step into 
a job, a profession like this and go, oh, I, I could do this. I know people. It just it doesn't work that way. Even if you think you have sources and you're hearing information, it's not necessarily credible. You have to have the right sources. You have to corroborate. You you have to have relationships. And a lot of times people are a little too loose with those standards and we get the sort of stuff that we saw this weekend. Yeah, but uh, Craig, <laughs> you know who knows what's going to happen with Jacob Chicken? Nobody. Nobody. Bill Armstrong has the best idea, but even at this point today at, at you know 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, even he's not sure what's going to happen. I'll give you an example. So I, I was inside the Coyotes locker room for decades, inside the coaches room, and where you think you're dialed in and you know what's going on. You think you do because you're talking to the coaches every day, the players, the trainers, everybody that's in that little circle. You think you know everything. Guess what? You don't because the general manager doesn't tell you stuff on purpose. He doesn't tell the head coach. That's exactly the right. Taylor Hall, the day that the Coyotes got Taylor Hall, his name wasn't mentioned. They were talking Tyler Toffoli. I heard Tyler Toffoli's name a lot. And I, I, I'm not giving away secrets. There was a lot of teams looking at Tyler Toffoli, a right-handed guy that can get to the net and score. You know his name didn't get talked about? It was Hall. Until one day, the, the assistant general manager walks in the room and goes, we just got Hall. And I go, "What? like, what? <laughs> You're kidding. Like, it, it, I thought he was literally thought he was joking. He goes, no. And he went and put in um marker on our whiteboard like we had at, at, at yeah. opening season. He took a magnet down and he put the name of Hall up there. I go, you're serious? He goes, yes. That's how quickly it happens. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. There's nobody telling reporters what's going on. And it's not like you could call the head coach of the team and go, hey, so really, where's he going? Right. They don't know. No, it's a handful of people. That yes. Happen. And even then, yeah. they might not know until the second it actually happens because you might be dealing with team A. And team B might like, oh, wait a minute, I got a call on the other line. Oh, right. Team B just jumped in. So And there might be team C, D, and E too. For you don't sure. Know, especially with a player of that magnitude. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I think this the speculation I get, and, and the coyotes, whether it was Bill Armstrong, the agent, the medical staff, or whoever, or Chickren himself, this all started because Chickren was out of the lineup. Period. Yep. If not for that, it's just general speculation. So the blame lies on whomever. Uh, did I use that word right, by the way? It did. Pulls him out of Professor, the lineup. Professor Petey. And, and that's where this, if if not for that, even if he doesn't play on the back-to-back after playing 30 minutes, and even if he's got a little tired They could have said load management. They could have used the NBA. Uh, sure. And then played him last night. General body sword. And if he yeah. plays yeah. last in night in, in, in Nashville, all that goes away again. But now it's become the elephant in the room. Now it's a big deal. And now the head coaches come out and say he's not going to play anymore. So now I think when the team was saying it was a game time decision, so right. team is saying game time coach is saying not. So here's what I think. Again, speculation. This should be an asterisk. We should put this is the, my opinion. I have no facts. I'm not a reporter like Craig S. Morgan. This has become a big deal now internally. This has become a game of of I don't know, go fish, blind man bluff, whatever on, on who's going to flinch first. Is it Chickren's camp going, you know, what? we don't want him to get hurt. We want him out. Is it the management going, Chick, we really like you to play because um, we need to continue to showcase your assets. I, I don't know. I think there's much more going on internally than what we're going to hear. There you go. All right. Well. Um, the latest one today from Elliot Friedman. <laughs> this one was fun. Just an idea running through my head. So Vladislav, I don't know, how to, Gavrikov, Gavrikov. Yep. Um, is now also held out of the lineup for trade-related reasons. The Coyotes are trendsetters this week with that. <laughs> and Elliot Friedman tweeted, just an idea running through my head. Columbus moves Gavrikov and uses the return assets to try and add Chikrin. They've been interested in the Arizona D-man before, and he has term yes and as i quote tweeted elliot as i reported from the nhl draft you guys were there i was told by multiple sources that the coyotes had a deal in place to send jacob chikrin to the columbus blue jackets but it was chikrin's camp that quashed the deal which is interesting because it doesn't have trade protection but that's what i was told at the draft so this has been brewing for a while so could columbus get back in it i don't know i I don't know what your perspective is when you're at the dead bottom of the NHL standings, but maybe you're thinking long-term again. Yeah. He's a, he's a long-term player because he's under contract for two more years and you wanted him before. Why wouldn't you want him now? The question is what is Columbus going to give up in assets? Cause when you look at this roster, how much do they need? How much do they still need in order to build this into a playoff team? Yeah, and you look at Gavrikov. He's a guy, and the biggest reason he is being held out now, he's a guy that he's UFA at the end of the year, and he's 
apparently you're not going to resign him. He's at a one night, 1.9 uh, cap hit. He's not Jacob Chikrin. He's not putting up the kind of offensive numbers that Jacob Chikrin has. I, I think their expectation was he was going to be able to provide a little more offense, but he's a big, strong defenseman. He just hasn't become what Chikrin is. He's 27 years old. Okay, we're moving past him. Chikrin's 24. He's got term. That fits the role. We're starting to move. So two years from now, we think we have a team that can compete. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But what are you willing to give up to get to that point? You're talking about a team that has to give up draft picks. Team first round draft a lot, picks. right? Yeah, they need a lot. Yeah. So this is a team that needs that first round pick. So I, I don't know if that's a fit. I, I just don't see it. But 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 what it did do is it started that trend of sitting guys out. Does Gavrikov, is he sitting out? If Chikrin isn't sitting out, because those are the two D names you hear a lot of those two. Did one precede the other because, okay, now, gosh, we better protect our asset too? You know what else it does bringing Columbus into the conversation? It brings another team into the conversation and other GMs look at it and say, there's another player in this. Does it yeah. Does it ramp things up? Does it start the bidding war? You, you just don't know how all these things are being and that's why I don't or man, manipulated right. sometimes. And that's why you don't know, I don't know what you hear. Know. I'm saying I don't know, so don't. Don't don't get out there saying Craig Morgan said they're manipulating this. It's a it's just a show. I don't know. Columbus was interested in before, but all of these sorts of machinations occur around the trade deadline. It's hard to sift myth from fact. And that's why the, the only things I believe right now, Craig, and that's what you said, why this can go so many different directions, because all these little things can change in an instant. Yep. Is when I hear a, a solid reporter, a Canadian reporter calls up, calls the teams he knows, his contacts he knows, the general managers of those teams. Are you in? Because, because that was the actual instance that I'm talking to that he called up and said, are you in on he this? He doesn't like American reporters. And they Go said, that's, that's the truth. Um, so they called and said, are you in on this? And they said, no. Okay, I believe that for right now, that moment in time, that GM, they're not in on this right now. They might be in up by this afternoon. But that second in time, when he called them that Saturday afternoon, when all this started to unfold, right. they weren't in on it that day. Yes. So that's even a really that important distinction is no cause, longer Because people could look at because Jeff Merrick did all those calls. Yes. And I res respect the hell out of Jeff Merrick. He does his job really well. But yes, don't say, OK, those teams are out just because he made that call. Right. That's they're the out point. at that instant or in this instance. Yes. Doesn't mean because they were looking at that in instance. He's out of the lineup. Different. Is yes. it right now? Is it you guys dealing with them right now that are that close to a deal that they kept them out of the lineup? And the answer was no yep. on Saturday. Bingo. It's not necessarily no on Tuesday. Yep. So I think everybody's back in the mix. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about where he could possibly fit. We're not going to propose trades well, or anything. Let me ask Petey before, before this. It, none of us knows, right? What's your gut? What do your guts like, tell you? Has like, he played his last game yeah. as a Coyote? I say yes. Petey? No. I, I don't. I, I said this before. I think this is posturing by either the, the management or the player and his agent. Mm. I think Jacob Chicken, I believe, again, not reporting, I believe, my opinion is that following the trade deadline, Jacob Chicken will jump back in the Coyotes lineup and he doesn't get traded until the draft. Okay. But again, as happens often on this show, I am wrong. But I, I think the price and the ask, and it's too difficult and too many moving parts, and I don't know if teams are willing to give up for that asset for this much at this time if they feel they really, really need somebody. I, I just I think Jacob Chicken's still going to be here, and he's going to be playing that week after, and everybody's going to go, what the hell happened? That's what I think. I think it's just gotten too weird. I've changed my mind on this so many – like literally every week I've changed my mind. Though. But this yeah. week – Especially with Coach Turinu's comments yesterday, mm -hmm. like, oh, he's not going to play with us until, you know, something happens. That was really interesting for me. I just can't imagine now at this point him, like, walking back in the locker room and getting back in the lineup and everything just like, oh, we can forget about this. You know, they were able to forget about his comments at media day and and move on. And and like Coach Turinu said yesterday, he was a professional. He was a good teammate. He came to the rink every day. We, we've talked about it on this show. You guys talked to him. He had a smile on his face etc. But I just think it's too damaged. And I think that in these next 10 days or so, as teams kind of cement where they are, what they want to do, and what we've seen other teams pay for a Bo Horvat, for a Tarasenko, mm -hmm. teams are willing to pay first round picks and prospects. Hegel. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? yes. Like, I, I keep seeing people saying, oh, the, the cost is astronomical. I see reporters saying that, like, 
look at precedent. Look at yeah. some of the other yeah. trades. It, it and, really and isn't, actually. I think when it comes down to it, a team is going to be willing to pay the price. And I think I just think it would be too strange for him to come back. Mm. So, yeah, you might be right. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, you might we, be right. But I, you might be right, too. Like, but it's hard in a room. It's hard in a room. You don't think the guy there are. I'm telling you that caused problems in training camp. It absolutely did when he came out and said he wanted to be somewhere that was trying to win. Guys were pissed. Because there are guys here that believe they can win here and that they've put their career into that basket and saying, yeah, well, I'm going to be a coyote. Guys are pissed. Yeah. And it took some time to get that trust back. And they might say on the microphone, no, it's all great. We're all good. Uh, There were some guys that were not happy with those comments. And it took some time to get everything back on track. And Andre said he's been a good soldier. All the blessings are back. Did it again. No, it's weird again. No, it's, it's weird, weird again. again. I want to go back to you guys. You, you may be right. No, you may be right. It was like that Spider-Man meme, right? Yeah, pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, right. one of us will be right, and we'll find out yes. in about two weeks. Um, okay, I want to speculate a little bit about – not speculate. I want to go over some of his team fits. But before we do, this whole situation has been really stressful, especially <laughs> for me. Like I'm, And I know, Craig, you said don't worry on Zoom Rule Sunday, but I was worried because I'm an anxious person. Um, but luckily I have – Oh, yeah, seriously. Luckily, I have OGs at my disposal because, you know, they have something for all your needs. If you just need to relax, if you need help getting to sleep, they have microdose gummies. They have a gummy for any need. And uh, I can't wait to try the strawberries and cream. It's hitting the shelves soon. I've tried the blackberries and cream. Money. Amazing. (laughs) Um, So if you want to check out OGs, you can find them at your local dispensary. As always, you must be 21 or older to enjoy and the Super Bowl is over, but that doesn't mean that you can't bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because KD will be joining the Suns soon. So that's going to be fun when it comes to betting with that. Obviously, the Coyotes, there's a lot of stuff. And what's going to be really interesting, too, once the trade deadline comes and goes, how team championship odds will shift. We'll pay attention to that. Watch that. Might be fun to sprinkle some money on team futures. Um, that's always a fun one on DraftKings. There's got to be a, a, a line on which team Jacob Chicken will go to too, right? Is is there on DraftKings? There isn't. We there is isn't. Not. There okay. needs to be. DraftKings, Listen, can hashtag. we please get lines on where Jacob Chikrin will be traded or including, <laughs> you can include the Coyotes on that? Please and thank you. Um, and in the meantime, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you have a pick of the week, Sean? I do. Okay. I actually looked at the rundown, so I was prepared. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of us did. Listen. They got, Sabres got blown out yesterday. Yeah, by the LA Kings. We didn't need to bring that up, but okay. cool. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of cool stuff you can bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, and one thing, searching through the NHL tab, you can bet on the there's a daily special for the total number of goals scored across all the games in the NHL That's tonight. Fun. That's fun. Yeah. There are nine games being played in the NHL. The over/under is set at 56 and a half total goals, which averages out to about just over six point or ju- just over 6.2 goals per game. I am um, going to take the under. So my drafting sports pick of the week is under 56 and a half total goals scored today in the nine NHL games that are being played. You looked at the teams and said, nah, these are I didn't really even teams. look at the teams. I was just like 6.2 goals a lot. It seems like a lot. And I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, wow. You look at the teams. Chicago is playing. Blue Jackets are playing. The Islanders are playing. Islanders yeah, are playing. Sport. The Islanders are <laughs> yeah. playing. That's all you need to know. Under. Go. Yep. So I'm taking the, my drafting sports pick of the week is under 56 and a half goals across the NHL on today, February 14th. All right. Thank you, Sean. If you want, I, that's a fun one. I didn't know that was on there. Yeah, so that was I'm, actually. I'm going to cool check one. that out yeah. for sure. Um, all right. Well, back to the, the chicken discussion, Craig. On Saturday, when this all went down, you mentioned a couple teams, and these four teams, I think, have been in the mix. They have. Um, a lot of people have reported. Yes. This, so. so it it's corroborated. That's L.A. Obviously, Edmonton, Toronto, and Boston. So I just want to take a couple minutes to talk about how Jacob Chikrin could fit in each of those lineups. And Craig, I know you reached out to a couple of beat reporters from those teams to get some input. So shout! I'm going to shout out all these guys because it was like it was this morning, and I got really good info before our show. So thank you. I'll start with the Toronto Maple Leafs because. Someone in here is a Maple Leafs fan, grew up a Maple Leafs fan, and David Alter has been on our show. So, David, thank you for your thoughts. Um, I'm just going to sort of read his his thoughts out loud. We were texting, so it's not exactly complete sentences. <laughs> My guess is if they had Chikrin, they'd slot him on the second pair. 
They really like Morgan, Riley, and TJ Brody together in the top unit, but they might try to experiment with Riley Chickren if there were no other fit. He'd essentially be their longer-term and younger Jake Muzzin replacement. Mm. 39-year-old Mark Giordano, one more year left after this, is the second pair left-handed D alongside Justin Hall right now. Justin Hall's contract is up, by the way. So I, I think they want to move on from Giordano, given his age. So, But in terms of return, I asked him about that. He, you know, th- There's been a lot of talk, and I've, I've mentioned this multiple times, that the Coyotes would be willing to take on salaries. They probably would need to for other teams to make it work and maybe to stay cap-compliant themselves. Rasmus Sandin is one player that would be mentioned in a package back. Uh, there'd be no room for him. What's interesting to the, you know, we, we've already seen like ex Coyotes in in the Maple Leafs lineup. So this would be yet another one in their stash. Connor and Timmons. Yeah, Connor Timmons <laughs> just signed a two year extension at 1.1 per year, which is third pair of minutes, by the way. Um, and Michael Bunting, of course, is up there. Uh, so we all know that the Leafs are trying to emulate the Coyotes because they can't beat them. And that's all I have to say on Toronto. Let's move over to Boston. I but before to, you leave, go ahead. If you he goes, have, if if he goes to Toronto, to add, sure. if he goes to Toronto right now, he becomes their leading scorer on the back end. Yeah, tomorrow over Morgan Riley. He, I, I do believe Craig, you're right. He's a second pair defenseman for them. But now you're looking at younger, quicker, stronger with an offensive upside. He becomes their leading scorer as a defenseman tomorrow. Yeah, this is the team that needs to get over the hump against Tampa. For the first time, they have to beat Tampa. They're going to play Tampa again. It's almost a certainty. What do they need to do? They need to get the puck up the ice quicker because Tampa can forecheck too well. They've got to beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has. You've got on the back end, you've got Sergachev, you've got Hedman. You've got a team that can move the puck up. Even Pervex gets the puck up against Tampa Bay. You need to be able to match that offensive upside. You need Jacob Chikrin. I think Toronto needs Jacob Chikrin. I think if they need to get over this hump, they need to be able to score from the back end. They clearly show them they can score from the front. They need that support from the back end that doesn't cost them in the defensive side or a liability. Toronto needs him. Okay. Let's move on to the Boston Bruins. I I reached out to both Kevin Paul DuPont and Matt Porter from the Boston Globe. Here are their thoughts. He would probably pair with right-handed D, Charlie McAvoy, or Brandon Carlo, depending on how. I'm sure all teams are going to experiment a little bit when they get a new player of this, you know, nature, and they're they're going to find out the best fit. Um, but it would bump Matt Krizelik out. Um, you know, one of the things that Kevin Paul DuPont said to me is like, I'm not even sure that getting a defenseman should be the Bruins' priority. Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy can carry that back line for the next seven to eight years. He feels like they need a top six forward more to, you know, given the futures of Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, they're they're going to have two giant holes in the lineup. So do you want to try and acquire something for that? Um, but there's also the sense that the Bruins could and should be all in this season. This is a this is a group of players, really the, the players I just mentioned, like Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, my good friend Brad Marchand. Um, <laughs> Their window is is closing, right? It's it's not going to be open for long. They won a cup back in 2011. It's been that long since they Crazy. won the cup. And it's been an incredibly consistent team over that stretch. Everyone knows by now that has followed me for a while that I have a total man crush on Patrice Bergeron. He's a, <laughs> an incredible player. But it's not, it's not going to last forever. And with what they're doing this season, do you say... All in this season. We do everything we can to make sure we win another cup before this incredible group of players, including this amazing leader, is gone. And it, it validates Patrice Bergeron's career, too, if he wins that second cup. It's just not a one-off. He gets his second, and, man, it, it could be really interesting. couple other thoughts. Kevin also thinks that they'd like to replace Kevin Miller's snarl factor on the back end, which surprises me because when I, when I did my story on which Coyotes are most likely to be traded— not a lot of interest in Josh Brown in the market right now. He's a guy who can fit that role. I wonder if more teams might become interested right around the deadline. What do the Coyotes have to take back in return in terms of contracts to make this work? A bunch of names thrown out. Nick Foligno, Craig Smith, Mike Riley, Thomas Noshek. All of those guys are possibilities. And I'll open it well, to with you guys. Boston. Boston for me right now is a team about their depth. And this team is as deep as any team in the National Hockey mm-hmm. League, and that's where they're having success. When you have Taylor Hall lower in your lineup, you've got the success that they're having. The one thing this team does extremely well is they're very active on the back end, especially on the right side. you got McAvoy, Carlo, and Connor Clifton. All three of those guys are very aggressive off of the blue line. you got Hampus Another Lindholm. former Coyote, by the way, Connor Clifton. I'm not sure that the Boston Bruins need a Jacob Chikrin. I don't know if they need, again, He if he steps in the Boston Bruin line, lineup tomorrow, he becomes their leading goal scorer on the back end day one over all of those guys. But to your point, 
the, Bo the Boston Bruins don't need a Jacob Trickin as much as I said Toronto does. The Boston Bruins need Josh Brown. The Boston Bruins need somebody that can shut the gate, that can defend, that has good sticks in the defensive zone, that can put somebody through the glass. That's what I think Boston yeah. needs. Cost them less, too. To get through. Yeah, definitely cost them less. To get through what they're trying to do right now. I think they have the guys that can move the puck. Here's the other thing that Matty Porter said to that, because I asked about that as well. And he said, Grzelik has been a concern for them in the postseason. Mm -hmm. He's small. He gets hurt. Yep. Jacob Chikrin upgrades you on size and shooting. He said they're... This defensive core does not have a guy who bombs away like Jacob Chikrin does. Yeah, so, on the shot, I, I agree yeah. with that. I just think they have enough of that active offensive defenseman. They really need to defend. That's what I think. So, yeah. again, we've already said what I, my opinion matters as, but I, I, I like the fit in Toronto for him better than I do in Boston. I think Boston's the better complete team. I just think they have guys that can provide offense from the back end already. So I'm not sure they're willing to give up those pieces, especially when they see the end is near for their window closing and they need to start to rebuild those assets. So I don't know if they're ready to it's throw those trade off, right? Is right. It, do we worry about our future or do we, yep. we make sure that we win this cup? This is where Toronto have, needs it. Have you seen a better opportunity yep. to win a cup than the Boston Bruins have right now? Right. All right. Let's move on to the other teams in the mix. In the West. Want to start with Edmonton? Sure. All right. I reached out to Mark Spector and Daniel Nugent Bowman. Some more thoughts. If Chikrin ends up with the Oilers, he'd likely play behind Darnell Nurse as their second lefty um, next to Evan Bouchard, unless Evan Bouchard comes back in the trade. We don't know what the Coyotes are going to ask uh, in, in return. It would. Uh, one of the, the points that both these guys make, it helps take some minutes from Nurse, who currently ranks 22nd in the NHL in average time on ice at 23.43. Chick is actually... 32nd at 23-16. But these, these are two guys that can play heavy minutes, and Chick has definitely been playing them. Um, what's the return? We've heard Jesse Pujarvi's name out there all over the place. So he might be one of those contracts that needs to be moved back for the Oilers to make it. The Oilers are not in a good cap situation. It's a really difficult situation for them. I mentioned maybe Bouchard, maybe a guy like Dylan Holloway. Do you want a player like that to come back? And, of course, the draft picks. Um, uh, another couple, a few guys that could be coming back in the deal – that these guys thought might be mentioned, uh, guys like Warren Fogle, Tyson Berry, Brett Kulak, Cody Cece. Uh, open it up for your thoughts. This is another team that, I, when, unlike Boston, this team needs help on the back end, and they need a, a dual threat. I think this might be in the Western Conference. This might be the fit. I, I think this team, again, there's so much pressure in Canada to win and win now. And mm -hmm. You've got Connor McDavid, you've got Leon Dreisaitl, and you can't get over the hump. They made it to the Western Finals last year. A couple surprising wins to get them there. Their back end has been a problem. Yep. And Darnell Nurse eats an incredible amount of minutes. Tyson Berry's a Hard power play minutes, specialist, yeah. period. Yep. Like he's lights out. He's one of the top 10 in the, in the back end on the power play. Jacob Chicken can provide that mix, I think. And I, I like uh, Bouchard. So if the Coyotes can get Bouchard back in the deal, I think some of the other names you mentioned, maybe not as much. Um, I like Bouchard, and I think he fits into the young path of defenseman that they're trying to build here in Arizona. But I could see this deal getting done just because they have to. There's so much pressure in Canada to get these done. That's why I'm saying Toronto in the East and, and, and Edmonton in the West, they need to make a splash and an impact. So you need to do that by getting the, the big splash. But hey, we're trying. The GM can go, well, we, we tried. We got the big player. So I think there's a better fit there. And I can you see him trying to get the puck and jumping in the rush with, with McDavid and McDavid Dreisaitl? Might find him. <gasps> yeah, McDavid <laughs> might find him um, with the return yeah. pass. And, an, and another thing is you've started to hear Eric Carlson's name thrown around with Edmonton. The problem with Eric Carlson is his cap hit is ginormous. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how he gets moved. And you look at Chikrin, who has a very, very, very doable cap hit. So if, yeah. if if you're looking at the market and you're looking at Carlson and Chikrin and what you could possibly, you know, afford more, I would say Chikrin is the better option in, in that sense. Obviously, Eric Carlson is like a Norris contender right now, just unbelievable defenseman in his, you know, going back playing how he did yeah. in, in his prime days. But I don't know. I just think Chikrin might be a better option you know for them. Makes me pause on that. Potentially, aside from the contract, which I think I, I don't think Eric Carlson's moving because it's that contract's enormous. There's been so much talk about the Oilers needing defend to defend better, and you're talking about Eric Carlson, really? He's very offensive. He's not a defensive defenseman, and, yeah. and maybe your your idea is, well, we won't have to defend because we'll have the puck all the time. Okay, because there is an argument to be made there, but if you're you're saying we really need to be a better defensive team, uh, with with that contract, I'm not sure that's the move for the Edmonton Oilers. 
All right, lastly, let's talk about L.A., which is the team that was kind of leading the— Brent Cl- Oh, wait. Oh, no, not it's, not, it's not Franklin. No. Leading the conversation this weekend. What did you hear from L.A.? I spoke to Eric Stevens with The Athletic, and one of the things he said, he'd suspect he'd play on the second pair with Matt Roy. I always want to say Matt Roy. I know. I want to go it's to the like French pronunciation, even though he's, he's American. Um, Drew Doughty loves Mikey Anderson as his partner, so I don't think that changes— um, some of the uh, some of the salary that they might have to dump, I, you know, guys like Sean Walker, who is now healthy and can play on the left side, even though he's right handed. Um, maybe a guy like Brendan Lemieux, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like Clark and Byfield are Clark is not involved in the deal. Does I don't think Byfield is either. So who are the pieces that could be coming back? Guys like Turcott or Spence. And then whether it's a, a first round pick this year or next year. I don't think the Kings would be willing to trade both of those, and they wouldn't have to if they're giving up a, a, a prospect. I've made this point over and over again, but people are still hung up on it's got to be two first-round draft picks. It could be a first-round draft pick or a guy who was drafted in the first round that the Coyotes like, not just, oh, he was drafted in first round so we can toss him. It's, it matters how the Coyotes feel about him, obviously, but it's sort of that level of player, right? So if you're looking at two first, you could say, okay, one first-round pick and a guy who was taken in the first round that the Coyotes like, and then you know, throw in that other prospect, the second round pick or prospect of that level. Bill Armstrong is not set on one way to do this deal. You can't be as a GM. You have to be flexible and li- look, listen to different types of offers and then assess whether you feel it's requisite value. I don't mind this fit for them right now. And a couple reasons. I think LA has a mix of old and young. So they are, are rebuilding on the fly. Um, so I think they are planning to be good for the short term. Their scoring by defenseman is way down there. 18th in the league by scoring by defense. This is a team that helps. You, you look back when they had Alec Martinez and when Drew Doughty was providing more offense. Yep. This is a team that has been known for being able to provide offense from the defense, and they're not doing it this year. I mean, Drew Doughty's not putting up the kind of numbers he's put up in the past. Drew Doughty has three goals right now. So I, I think they're a team that could get the added help from adding some offense on the back end. You talked about Roy, and I think his numbers are great. He's got seven goals or this year, the same as Chikrin does. So I think he provides that. But the other problem LA's having right now is they're having problems keeping the puck out of the net. You know, they're 11th from the bottom in goals against per game. So they, they are you need suggesting to, something. They need to defend better. Oh, I thought you were suggesting a goalie. Well, no, they need to defend. Their goaltending is a problem. Yep. It has been. And, and they thought Peterson was the answer. That wasn't the answer. They cut quick, was on his way out. And he's become, yeah, they're, they're having issues at the back end. So they, does Jacob Chickren help provide a two-way player that provides the little bit of offense and can help them defend a little bit better? I think he does. We talked about the issue with them right now is I'm not sure the desperation is there enough to give the return that Bill Armstrong needs to get out of the LA Kings. I know we've talked about a lot of their assets. I think that there is more of a desperation on the Edmonton Oilers part that is willing to part with future Leafs. assets. Or the Maple Or the Maple Leafs. That's what I mean, in the East and the West. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think both of the two Canadian teams are willing to part with more of their future for the win-now mentality, whereas I think LA is already rebuilding on the fly, and I'm not sure they're willing to give up the assets that Bill is looking for. I think it's a good fit. I think on the team in this lineup, I think Chikrin looks good in L.A. I do. I, I think that he can help move the puck up the ice quicker. I think he, they, I, I like them with, with Kevin Fiala on that team now. And Jacques Kopitar still playing a significant role. Um, they have the young players that have speed. I think Chikrin fits. Yeah. I just don't know if the assets can come back the Coyote way. This would be the first time you'd be happy that the Coyotes were not in the Pacific Division so they wouldn't have to see them that many All times. All the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let me throw out some dark horse candidates before we move on from this topic. I'm going to throw out some teams that I, I just wonder about. Pittsburgh Penguins, what are they doing? Talk about a team whose window is fast closing. The New York Islanders, I know they've already made one big move, but how many more kicks at the can are the Islanders going to have? They've been, you know, I I know they've taken a step back the past couple seasons, but they were right there in the mix, and that window is not going to stay open for very long. Columbus, we just threw out today because Elliot was tweeting about it. And then let me throw one last one, just kind of uh, a gift. The Buffalo Sabres. You had to. (laughs) You just had to. Any, any, well, I, I, I think the Islanders this? need, they've already made the big, I, hmm, they made the big splash with Horvat up front. I don't know. Again, Jacob Chickren is going to help most of these teams because he is able to play at both ends of the ice. He would help this team on the back end, he would help the Islanders. I don't know if they're willing to part with future assets, though. Mm. That uh, he fits in the lineup. Pittsburgh one is interesting to me 
because they have to start a rebuild soon. Like this yes, is they it. Do. This is it. Latang is a guy that you know is going to provide a lot of things to you, but again, he's getting older. Mm-hmm. Can you replace an asset that helps generate offense? Left-hand shot with Chikrin, yeah, maybe. And you said, was it Columbus? Columbus, I don't see it. Like, I, I don't see where... If, if they do this, this is another Johnny Hockey move. What are you and what are you trying to be? What is your plan or do you have a plan? That just shows me that they don't have a plan. Buffalo, buddy, they got Owen Power. They got Darlene. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, they've, I, they've I got know. that. I, I, I've been told by people that, that Yarmo Kekalainen is very sensitive to the idea that players don't want to come to Columbus. And the Chikrin thing, obviously, is a kind of a slap. But then he gets Johnny Gaudreau. So yeah. if you start acquiring these types of players can you prove to people hey this can be a destination we know columbus is actually a cool town i like columbus Columbus. Columbus is great it's a great college town that's can you prove a good town can you get past that mental hurdle that maybe some players have you got johnny hockey you're obviously not benefiting from it right now but could it be sort of that watershed move that allows other players to start thinking about columbus but what draft pick you have to give up like columbus is looking right now is there a team that could be picking first overall so they're not trading that pick and also, Brian in the chat said, what about Florida? Florida has nothing to give. Like, they have no true. draft yeah. picks. Florida would love to have Jacob Chikrin. They just don't have the assets. So, yeah. clearly, he's from there. It would be a really cool story, but they just don't have the assets. Yeah. Not sure. Maybe um, Bill Armstrong can throw in some Four Peaks beer as part of a trade <laughs> package for other teams. I don't That's know. all it took to get sweeten me here. The, sweeten the deal? Sweeten yep. the deal a little bit? Why day not? drinking, Petey? Hey, I listen. haven't yet, but I'm in after this. We, we got, have a meeting. We have a so. meeting, so Boy, crack, how crack open a drink. cold one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. As they, as they browbeat us again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's nothing better than drinking beer unless you're pairing them with delicious Girl Scout cookies. Lee, um, where are we going? The, so this is February 16th. So that's Thursday. Okay. Four Peaks cookie pairing at their A Street pub location in Tempe on February 16th. It sounds like a lot of fun to me. Girl Scout cookies and Four Peaks beer sign me up and if you can't make it you can buy it at four peaks wherever you buy your beer um and you must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly and another event happening in tempe this week mm-hmm. is our event tomorrow, tomorrow. night yes. at illegal pete's i can't wait for this we have a Peace pre-game meetup Peace this wednesday <laughs> february 15th at 4 30 p.m at illegal pete's mill avenue free okay. entry free food and drink Come hang out with us. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, But come eat queso with us, drink margaritas, drink Four Peaks beer, get a bowl, get a burrito, get a taco, get a quesadilla. What is happening? (laughs) I have to go well, Sean and I were communicating through signals. I I like their queso a lot, so I was saying just inject it. And then Sean was going... Okay. (laughs) Join us tomorrow for more of that. Um, The four of us will be there. um, And nothing, listen. Finally, it's the four of us. And I just had a thought because it's illegal, Pete, and then we're going right from there to the game, right? Yep. And what event is happening at the game? It's Star Wars night. Star Wars night. So I just, CWP, I know you're here because you're always here. Can you see CWP? Because CWP is a big guy, he's tall. Can you see him rolling in with Chewbacca costume? But with the face cut out, so he's got like he's, he's a teddy bear, but he's got the Chewbacca thing. He's got a no, he's got to borrow Derek's Ewok costume. Yes, oh, Derek does God. have an Ewok Wait, costume. Wait, an what? Ewok. Yeah. Derek Bunty has an Ewok costume. Have you seen yeah. him dance with the I Ewok have not costume? Not seen it's that. like a I think it's like a pajama or like a hoodie I can or something. Be Princess like that, Leia. I'll do my hair. Leah as Leia. Yep. That, I mean, yeah, that's my, that's my options are, li- are limited. I guess I'll be Mace Windu. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, Wait, man. Who are you going to be? What's Samuel L. Jackson? I'm not a Star Wars guy. The, Samuel- the one, the one. There, there's two black, black characters. There's, the- there's Samuel L. Jackson and there's <laughs> yeah, the, the guy, the guy the, that, that, yeah. that What's his Billy name? D. Williams. Yeah, yeah. And that Donald Glover played in the recent Billy yeah. D. Williams. I can't remember his name. That was a great one. He, Lando Calrissian. Yeah. yeah, that's a great character. Lando, I love him. Huh? Did you ever look that up? Lando yeah, I did. And I the way that, I know, uh, that, that Donald Glover plays it's him, the outfits that Donald Glover wore. Money. I could do that. GD, who are you dressing as? You can, okay, you so can, we're now we're Skywalker, now dressing up no. at Illegal Pete's and for the game. You don't think I'm, you can pull off oh, Luke, younger Obi, Luke? Like a younger Obi Wan? Oh, Obi Wan! Wow, like, like the the middle. Kind of like this with the with the beard yeah. going right now. Yeah, too, you, like you know? the Wait, you, Ewan Ewan McGregor. McGregor. Like the Ewan McGregor. The Ewan McGregor. Obi. Oh, the Ewan McGregor. 
Yeah. I thought you were going somewhere Alec. between. Oh, I, think, I thought you were going Sir Alec Guinness. Like, somewhere in between Big the two. Big fan of Sir Alec Guinness. Okay, well, let us know who Craig should be. Craig should be? I like, no. like, and don't say R two D two. I was gonna say the 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 who's the, the bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, Boba Fett. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boba Fett, <laughs> or just a, a, a clone. Um, tracking down bad trade rumors. <laughs> it's Craig. Boba Fett's my oh, favorite. Oh man! Though. All right. Well, just continuing to talk about illegal peats. Nothing soothes the soul like fresh limes, tequila, lots of tequila, and sweet agave. And this Valentine's Day, an illegal peats margarita is the real key to your heart. Stop by for happy hour, three to six p.m. every single day. So can't wait for that one. Looking forward to it. And while we're on the subject of February fourteenth, let's do kind of a check-in at where the coyotes are right now on valentine's day compared to where they've been on this day in other years in other tank years and in other years in general and how the rest of the year shook out from that point and this is courtesy of pd professor pd uh, professor pd serious research on this pd what do you got for us what i wanted to do it's a Valentine's Day. We always talk about American Thanksgiving and Christmas being key dates. I wanted to see at the Coyotes being fourth to last as of this morning, what their chances were and how the drafts have shaped out in other big years. And so I go to last year. At this point, they were second to last. Second to last. I can't. I was shocked when they had twenty. When you they had twenty eight. Twenty points this. a year ago. They have forty four now. Wow. They finished second to last. Picked third. So I don't know if you saw the trajectory there. They actually picked lower. Classic. Montreal, last, last, Slavkovsky. So I kind of held pattern. You go, okay, that makes sense. So I went back to 1718 when the Buffalo Sabres picked Rasmus Dahlin for their defense. They were, the Coyotes were last at this point, last. But as we know, the Coyotes tend to do, they improved and got better and were third to last by the final standings, but picked fifth. <laughs> yep. Picked fifth. So Classic. again, so let's go to some big drafts. How about McDavid? And McDavid, everybody was tanking. Everybody purposely tanking. We're trying well, to lose. Buffalo Sabres were overtly tanking. Like tanking. anytime a goaltender well, the won a game, they trade him. Tanking. On Valentine's Day, the Coyotes were fourth to last. Connor McDavid. They ended up second to last and picked third again. When Edmonton picked first third. for like the 17th time. But Edmonton went years. the other way. They were second at Valentine's Day and then they, they went to third and they picked first. Final. <sighs> then here's the one I want everybody to pay attention to. This is the one. This is this is the roadmap to the Coyotes and their ping pong ball magic. It's 2006. Which DPS talked about on last night's show. On yes, fact, this, this is, the, is the path. The 2006. Good, good vibes. Good vibes only. Coyotes were fifth to last at Valentine's Day and tanked, like tanked. Finished second to last. And where they pick, Petey? Third. Oh, okay. I mean, we've, have we noticed a pattern here? Yeah, they never move up. They never you know, literally have never moved up. So they pick third and pick Kyle Turris. The Chicago Blackhawks at this moment in time were fourth to last. Do you remember where I said the Coyotes are right now? Fourth to last. Chicago actually won more games, did better, finished fifth to last. So everybody can calm the hell down. Coyotes can win a few games because what did Chicago do <laughs> from fifth to last? They get Patrick Kane first overall in the draft and win Stanley cups. cups. Three Cups. So there is still hope at being fourth to last at Valentine's Day, and there is still hope. And lastly, Washington went from second at second to last at Valentine's Day to third to last and picked Ovechkin. And there is such a long story on how the team actually got to pick Sidney Crosby in the following draft that I, all, all I will tell you I is, about it. is the Coyotes were just bad. It was just it was just bad luck because it took their last three years to account. There was no season in four or five, so there was no positioning. So they put all the balls into a basket. Forty eight balls. Coyotes had two. Four teams had three. Ten teams had two. Sixteen teams had one. Coyotes should have been picking at worst fourteenth. They picked seventeenth. <laughs> so just there were there were one, two, three, four, five, six teams that had one ball that jumped <sighs> over. Montreal did the best, jumped up with one ball to get Carey Price at five. How'd that work out pretty well? I'd anyway, say. it's a little bit of drafting. No I, I guess the point of all that is on Valentine's Day with the Coyotes sitting in fourth to last, everything's okay. I like the idea of Valentine's Day as a check-in point yes. like American Thanksgiving, but for, for tank matters. So everybody, just everybody, deep breath. We're okay. Thank you for that yeah. research Thanks and for the breakdown. Research. So that's kind of like the Patrick Kane year. This is this is the path to the Coyotes winning cups. I think if we just continue with this positive energy and these positive yes. vibes, I think we can really speak something into existence here. I'm in. All right, you or know me. Try. Follow 
we're going to follow Sean's lead here. Or we can try. We, we might even need a graphic here. Just of what? Good karma. Good Just, karma? Yeah. Good vibes? Because that's what we bring. Maybe I should start bringing my crystals into the office. I'm in. Clearing. Yeah. Yep. Let's yeah. do it. Burn Smudging. some sage. Arrange them Definitely. Oh, I was going to say. A little smudge. I guess it won't work. I was going to say you got to bring sage to Nashville, but at that point it won't matter. Yeah. It's, it'll it'll be, be a little flattery. late, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can convince Bill Armstrong to just burn some sage. Just what, what are we gonna do? Some sage to to Uncle Gary. So can we do? And I don't even know when this is, so I shouldn't speak ahead of time. That live ping pong draw, but that's kind of a big deal. It's a really big deal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are we probably emerge potting after that? Heard of it? Or else we'll just be live. Or, yeah. Or or will this be live? What, yeah. No, what if the Coyotes make the playoffs? What if the Coyotes make the playoffs? Shh. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly before we wrap up, just. Two minutes on this. I don't know if I can do two minutes. Okay. Five I minutes can. on this. I can do two. It is Valentine's Day. No, nope, because I'm going to ask you guys some questions okay. too. So I'm going to let Craig leave. off the set? Is somebody else no, using no, no. the set at noon? I, I was okay. more just We're trying to keep us here. under an hour, but we I, can do whatever we want. You, this will not surprise people who have studied the history of holidays, but like many holidays, Valentine's Day has a more of a pagan beginning to it that was borrowed or appropriated by... You know, the Catholic Church. It also has a dark origin story to it. <clears throat> I'm going to read this from a story from NPR last year. He's going to read the whole story. I know. <laughs> not the whole story, but it's like six graphs. So, so bear with me. Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate romance and love and kissy face fealty. But the origins of this festival of candy and cupids are actually dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. Though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday, one place to start is ancient Rome. From February 13th to 15th, the Romans celebrated the Feast of Lupercalia. The men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. Huh. The Roman romantics were drunk. They That's were naked. Noel Lenski, now a religious studies professor at Yale, told NPR. Sounding a lot more like my Valentine's young women, <laughs> Young women would line up for the men to hit them. They believed this would make them fertile. The brutal festival included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. The couple would then be um, coupled up for the duration of the festival or longer if the match was right. If they use Roman. The ancient Romans may also be responsible for the name of our modern day of love. Emperor Claudius II executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th of different years in the 3rd century. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. So guys... If you're looking for a special thing to do for your woman, go out there, kill an animal, skin it, and whip your woman with it. <laughs> Nothing will get her in the mood more like that than that. That got intense so fast. This is Max is standing over there watching. This is not a Roman read. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So how about that for the origins of Valentine's Day? Let's let's move to the modern day now and I want to know what your Valentine's Day traditions are. I kind of know what yours are, Petey, so I'll let you start because it'll be brief. Yeah, I have none. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's, 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 I, I, I will say this. It, it evolves as your relationship evolves. Yeah. Like, I've been married now. I don't know. She, she knows how many years. It's been a few. <laughs> that's something you should know. No. Just saying. It's yeah, been a it really few. Is. She knows. Yeah. So early, it's, HK. you know, it's it's you're trying to still impress HK now. It's like if you if you get up and and you remember within the first two hours of being awake, it's a win. If you say, "Will you be my Valentine?" at any point in the first two hours of the day, it's a win. You don't need cards, flowers, candy. If you just say the words, "Will you be my Valentine?" in the first two hours you're awake, it's a win. Successful day. Sean, Leah, I want you to know that all marriages don't turn. This is literally way. true. Okay. And if you think I'm making that up, that is 100 exactly exactly what happened at my house today. And I did remember, and I said on the first dog walk, would you be my Valentine? She said, yes. We're done. All right, Sean. That's cute. Any Valentine's <laughs> Day? Come on, let's hear it. I mean, my Valentine's Day this year is different than the one last year. I'll tell you that much. Oh, 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 touchy. Share what you want, buddy. Um, what you want. We'll I'll get off work at like 7 p.m. I'll go home. I will partake in the the the, the devil's lettuce, if you will, oh, and geez. watch. Geez. I'll catch up on uh, on Last of Us and then go to bed. Okay. That's that's, that's my. I'll kiss my cat like I did on New Year's. That was my New Year's kiss. She'll be my Valentine's as well. Rescue cat, by the way. Thank you. Rescue cat. Adopt. Don't shop. You losers. Agree. Um, well, I've only had a boyfriend for two Valentine's Days in my whole life. Okay. Um, got a candy this morning. Got the text early. So 
So that's good. Nailed it. Yeah. As long as you acknowledge it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I I just think what happens, this is one of those another, I know you gave us the actual real history, but it's propagated by commercialism and raising money. Like it's just to buy flowers, sell candy and sell cards. By the way, cards. Sorry, nobody that I know. We talk about Hallmark greeting cards. You're never going to get a card from me ever. Because here's here's the best card you ever get. The best card in your entire life. (laughs) That's really good. Garbage. Or, or, or you put it in a drawer for what? For what? Flame it. Just burn your money instead. Yes. I, here's, here's, here's my take on greeting cards. I'm a writer, so I'm insulted by most greeting cards because the writing is horrifically bad and sappy. And don't ever give me some of that junior high school level writing. I don't want a greeting card and I don't want to waste the money on it. And my wife feels the same way. So we don't buy each other cards. I will say I think on certain situations, they're like I'll, I'm good with a greeting card. Like if someone moves away and you you like a little keepsake that everyone signed, right? Like the card we sent David, everyone yeah, yeah. signed it. I think that like that's cool. But for like if like you're a sending a Christmas message, right? card every year or you're sending a Valentine's Day card every year, it's like it's the same shit as last year. I'm right. Like but it, this simple message with David too. Yeah. Right? It's just like you know, congrats. Or something yeah, and like everyone writes this. their own little message, like, but like writing a love poem and a card. Yeah, horrible writing. I just also don't like when you get a card and it's like, you just do name and then it's whatever the card says and then sign. Like at least you, if you're gonna buy a card, you have to Send write. You have to write your own message. It doesn't go. have to Agree be a that. novel. Agree with that. But it has to be a message. I like cards. I think it's thoughtful. Um, but also, <laughs> breaking news: the Cardinals are hiring their head coach, and we are the ones live <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> breaking Cardinals. Breaking news: kidding? This is now the PHNX Cardinals show. Is that um, happening now? Jonathan Gannon? Cardinals are finalizing a deal with Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to become their new head coach. Sources tell ESPN. There it is. So we do have Breaking. to get off here. Take that, be Bo thing. and Johnny. <laughs> so that's going to happen. We got to get off. Got to get that hard-hitting analysis for this one. Just two more thoughts. I, I buy chocolates and, and flowers for Tara. That's, uh, I, I do think that. Okay. Every woman loves flowers, yeah. just saying. Often roses, but sometimes I buy, buy purple iris because that's your favorite flower. So I will do that. What? He's laughing. No, because everybody, my wife, allergic to most things. If somebody buys her flowers, we go, oh, shut the door and we put them outside. Breaks, They're done. Breaks out knives. Yes, yeah, right? so it's fucking great. I don't Breaks have to buy her flowers. My, like in DP peanut butter no cookies. No flowers. My ex hated roses. Same. Okay. No flowers. They die too fast. I think roses, I don't really love roses, but I, I do like flowers. No. We have a rose But bush. it's okay because, because you know that your le- your wife loves roses. And as you should know your yeah. person's favorite flowers. You know what else sucks? And I'm going to stop right here on Valentine's Day. Get out of here with the candy hearts. It's it's the worst Ugh. candy Horrible. ever made. It's like a combination of chalk, perfume, and sugar. They're horrifically bad. They Don't are the, the Valentine's Day version of candy corn. I'll eat like one every year. Perfect. And that, that's my fill for the next 365 days and then bring I it back I feel the same way with the little chalky candies with the words on them. Are we talking about that's the candy same. hearts? About the same thing. Oh, yeah. I said chocolate hearts. No, no, no. no, no. Candy, candy hearts. hearts. I said oh, candy hearts. It tastes like chalk. Oh, I'm sorry. Chalk, I'm sorry. not chocolate. I apologize. I don't pay attention. Which is how close. Sean thinks yeah, chocolate Yeah, I agree. They're they're ass. They're awful. <laughs> <laughs> they're funny little sayings, and it's fun to throw them at people. Like, I mean, there was a thing. Throw they, them at people? Well, you know, like, here's something with a really cute them. saying. I might throw them at people. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is a scam. Except the lingerie, but that's a whole nother. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Okay, that's... Well, I'm way past that There's now. Walk off. Sorry, Heidi, we're past All that. All right, well, I have a new new Valentine's Day <laughs> tradition. New- <laughs> I got nothing. New Valentine's Day tradition um, for you and your sports-loving partner. Get the Underdog Fantasy app and do a two-person draft with them. Okay. And then whoever wins... It doesn't involve skidding animals. No, okay. no, no. Whoever wins has to uh, buy dinner or buy... By the way, my mom just texted me, happy Valentine's Day, Aww. my sweet love. That is so sweet. I got my text from my grandma this morning. Aww. It's the one text. It's the only one love I need. It. Um, anyway, Underdog Fantasy, a great way to, um, you know, sh- I don't know. If that can be a love language. Why not? Do it. Um, download the D- Underdog Fantasy app. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with the code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. And then any money you win on Underdog today, just spend it, spend it on your loved ones. Um, shower them. With love and that that hundred dollar match, it'll get you some coin. So check that out. And if you need another idea for a sports fan partner, check out phnextlocker.com because we have the brand new Slim Valley Reaper mm. T-shirt, which we launched last week. The Kevin Durant shirt, unreal. This is amazing. So grab this for the sports fan, for the Suns fan in your life. Make sure to get your hands on it now before it 
sells out. That's on phnxlocker.com. You can also give the gift of a diehard membership. I'm just giving out gift ideas. I want the thing as a painting on my wallet. I know, me too. It's unreal. (laughs) It's really cool. Unreal. I'll just send you this graphic. You can print it out for your wall. Um, But check out phnxlocker. Check out phnxlocker.com. Go phnx.com slash diehard, become a diehard, join our Discord where you can see Drew's hilarious Photoshop. Um, I saw Jacob Chickren with the Penguins this morning. He's really continuing. He's still at it. Yeah, he's still at, at it with the Photoshop. It's been hilarious. Um, but yeah, lots of perks to becoming a diehard and as well as reading the diehard only stories on gophnx.com from Craig. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Any fi- coming tomorrow. Oh, on? It's not really with the vibe of today, so I don't want to say it. Okay, yeah, let's not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Any final notes before we head out? No, we're done. All right, we're done. Well, we appreciate you all. Happy Switch over to the Cardinals. Happy Valentine's Day. They're going live any second. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thanks again for being here live with us in the chat or after the fact. Like this video, like wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, leave us a five star review, if you will, on Apple, Spotify wherever you can follow all of us on twitter at craig s morgan at leah merrill at s peters hockey at sean underscore to pause follow peach and exports across all social platforms because there's a lot going on in the arizona sports world all the time it seems like and you can follow us on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes we will be live tomorrow night after the tampa bay lightning take on the arizona coyotes join us at illegal pete's tomorrow starting at 4 30 but until then everyone enjoy the rest of your tuesday happy valentine's day and we'll see you tomorrow